When I got David Zipper on the line, there was one question I needed to ask. Are you the kind of person who gets to the airport right on time? Or you do the right thing and get there a little bit earlier so you have time to relax and settle in? How does it go for you? I do the right thing. Um, I have... (laughs) I have taken God knows how many hundreds of flights in my life, and I am proud to say I have never once missed one because I got to the airport too late. I'm asking David this because the holiday travel season is closing in, and security lines at the airport will be horrendous, raising everyone's anxiety about missing flights. And David thinks a lot about airport security lines. He's a visiting fellow at Harvard Kennedy School's Taubman Center for State and Local Government, and he studies urban policy. David's written a couple of times for Slate about a supposed solution to airport security lines. It's called Clear. With Clear, for a yearly fee, you submit to biometric security screening, and then you get to cut the security line. So when I'm traveling, I don't wait in those dumb long lines. I use things like Clear right here. Very nice. Look at those lines. No, no, no. Just like that. All those people still waiting back there. That literally took me 38 seconds. You might imagine what fellow travelers already tense, typically unshoed, probably a little sweaty, definitely on edge, think about these line cutters. Now, here's the other question. You're waiting in line for security. You see someone, a clear member. They get to cut the line. How do you feel? Uh, Peeved is the first word that comes to my mind. (laughs) I think that's a pretty common feeling when you just sort of like look at the TSA pre-line. I have TSA pre, uh, but not clear. And if you look at the facial expressions of people in TSA pre as one of those clear employees is ushering one of their customers in front of others who are not their customers, the non-customers who have been waiting in the TSA pre-line are generally, some conceal it better than others, but they're not happy about it. The thing is, clear isn't a necessity. It's a luxury. And if you value getting through airport security quickly, and you have the money, it's an easy way to ease a travel headache. The bigger question to me is a societal one, which is saying, look, this is a line to a public service, like airport screening. Is it really appropriate that people be able to simply cut the line because they have more money than others? That doesn't seem the way that uh, we should be setting up our public services. So today on the show, how clear a private company inserted itself into the public airport security process. Did it muck it all up? I'm Emily Peck, filling in for Lizzie O'Leary, and this is What Next TBD, a show about tech, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick around. Chances are, if you're familiar with Clear, you have strong feelings about it. Clear as we know it today was founded in 2010, and the service rapidly expanded to many of the major airports in the country. It basically is an identity verification technology company. They have these biometric scans where you can they can scan your finger or your retina and be able to identify a person, uh, and then they, they hold that biometric information Um, and that they can sort of like scan people that way in a secure way, say getting into Yankee stadium or something like that. But the clear service people know about is from the airports and in a little over 50 airports around the United States, including most of the biggest ones, uh, people can sign up for clear 
for uh, usually $189 a year, then rather than going through the standard TSA lines, which can snake all throughout airport terminals, as we know, uh, the clear members are greeted by a clear employee upon arrival at the airport at the line. And then they are ushered to a biometric scanning space where they basically look and have their identification supposedly confirmed. And then a clear employee brings them straight to the front of the TSA line, where they will go then from there ahead of others who've been waiting, who are not clear members, they'll go to the standard uh, X-ray machines that we all know. Making things uh, less clear, there's another service provided by the federal government meant to help travelers get through security faster. It's called TSA PreCheck. It's cheaper than clear, costs around $80 and lasts for five years, and it also works differently. This is a federal service, and what it does is it's meant to basically provide expedited uh, security checks for frequent flyers that are low risk. Mm-hmm. So you can, you basically subject yourself to, to a background check to get TSA pre, not with clear, only with TSA pre. And once you pass that, which most people do without a problem, um, then you can go through airport security in a faster way by, at the x-ray machines, keeping your laptop in your bag or keeping your shoes on. Mm-hmm. And this is the important distinction that I want to make between clear and TSA pre. There's actually a few. One is one is federal. The other is a private company. One costs a heck of a lot less than the other, TSA pre being a heck of a lot less. And then the third one is that TSA pre actually speeds up the average person's trip through security. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are now going to have a faster process. And that speeds up the time that everyone's going to have being stuck in, in, a, in a line. Clear is simply moving around who gets to go first through those x-ray machines. So clear, it benefits you as the individual, but not the collective because it's just line cutting. And TSA Pre benefits both the individual and the collective because it speeds up the line. That's a that's a great way to put it. And note that clear members still have to buy TSA Pre if they want to use that expedited X-ray machine that's made available for TSA Pre members. So clear members are actually paying for both TSA Pre and Clear. Otherwise, if they're not paying for TSA Pre, they have to go in with uh, the, the slower x-ray line with everybody else after getting their biometric scan with the line cutting. So almost all of them get TSA pre along with their clear membership. How many people have clear membership? Good question. Clear has not said that. I asked them that Mm -hmm. when I wrote the first of a couple stories about clear for Slate. And they gave me some figure of millions of people, but that's going to include a lot who are going to have clear for free to access certain like stadiums or public events. Sometimes clear offers their, their uh, sort of access for free. Uh-huh. Um, it's un, it's unknown, at least by me, how many people have clear for basically cutting the line at airports. For all the biometric tech wizardry, there have been instances when clear dropped the ball. Last year, a man using a false ID and carrying ammunition made it through clear at Washington's Ronald Reagan National Airport. He was subsequently stopped by TSA. That was a huge mess. And then that led TSA uh, earlier this year in 2023 to basically start requiring more uh, clear members to still show their IDs after they had gone through that biometric scan. Because TSA was like, we just don't trust this system. 
And now you had a big problem if you're clear, right? Yes. Because you you have this veneer of providing like identity verification, not just line cutting, but TSA basically pulled out that pulled away and removed that uh, that frankly already sort of like false <laughs> excuse for a service, uh, which which really showed it was just a line cutting service, but also it slowed down. Um, the the clear members who have more money and time is money for them and they mm-hmm. want to be able to get through uh, airport security as fast as humanly possible. So where does that stand now? Do clear members can still bypass that check or, or not? This was a huge controversy in uh, in Congress and with TSA, big, big bucks being spent lobbying in 2023. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, as of the last few weeks, it looks like uh, clear won the battle and they have gotten TSA's approval for something called uh, next gen identity plus just rolls off the wow. tongue doesn't it um, but it's these new scanners that they're rolling out next year and they're actually forcing everyone who has clear to migrate onto this new system which will verify uh, identities with biometric scans of someone's face. Not their retina and not their finger as before, but their face. And uh, Clear is adamant that this is secure. There's no way they will have problems anymore. It's going to be fine. Trust us. When we come back, why does a private company have its hands so deep in a federally mandated process? Basically, Clear is a private company that, for some reason, has inserted itself into what is a public process. What are the other instances where a private company has sort of inserted itself into a public process? Yeah, and that is, I think, really the crux of the matter, to me at least. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I think of it is that Clear has been able to finagle a way to gatekeep access to a public service, in this case, security checks at airports that we all have to go through. It's legally Mm -hmm. required. Um, I also, I think of TurboTax Mm -hmm. and how TurboTax has managed to insert itself into the process that we all have to go through as Americans and filing our annual taxes. And so for many Americans, the 150 bucks or several hundred dollars, whatever you're spending on TurboTax every year is basically just a tax (laughs) on being an American because our uh, tax submission system is so convoluted and complicated that we just sort of give up and uh, basically hand over our information to TurboTax to do it all for us. Instead of making the process of doing your taxes simpler, the United States, the federal government outsources it to a private company who helps you make your taxes simpler by charging you more money. Right. I mean, this is something I am not the by any stretch the first to make this argument. Like you should go back. People are interested. They should look at like the ProPublica reporting on this, which was really good. Yeah. Um, but like other countries recognize that they already have our individual tax information, like our W-2s and all of that. It already sits with the federal government. So they frankly could just take that information and let us know what we owe. Yep. And then we pay it. Poof. Yes. But that undercuts a huge business for the company Intuit, uh, which owns TurboTax. And so Intuit has now been incentivized to 
as any company would, protect its turf. So they've lobbied for years, and this is well-documented, to maintain a convoluted IRS submission system that maintains the market for TurboTax. And so if you apply that now to what it's going to mean for airport security, I mean, if, if I'm clear secure, I now have every reason to figure out with my airport friends or with uh, TSA how to make sure that the process for non-clear members getting through the TSA pre-line sucks. Because mm. the more it sucks and the more angry you are or I am seeing somebody with clear get ushered in front of me after I've been waiting, the more likely I am to do what a woman in front of Dulles Airport said to me was a clear member when she apologized for cutting in front of me in line, said, I'm so sorry. I only joined clear because I was so sick of the line cutting. <laughs> Yeah, true story. Yeah. No, literally, literally. But I think it's important to keep in mind that Clear has very uh, smartly arranged a whole system whereby they're very uh, useful to the airports. They not only rent space from the airports for those Clear sort of modules where people are doing biometric scans, Clear is providing what I think of as kickbacks, so they'll say it's commissions, to the airports for people who sign up for Clear on their premises. So if you fly a lot, you probably may have had people from Clear being like, hi, would yeah, you like to join? Yeah. Would you like to try it? They're very aggressive. Well, every time somebody gives in and signs up, they're paying 189 bucks a year. A portion of that money every year they remain a Clear member is going to the airport. They're a profit center for the airport. So the airport has every reason to favor clear and clear members over everybody else. Because frankly, if for the rest of us, the airport security process sucks, that's fine from an airport perspective because there's more of an incentive to sign up for clear. So now the airport, clear has the incentive to make the process sucky for non-clear members. And so does the airport, which... That's right. That's right. The airport actually comes off better financially if if non clear members airport security process sucks because that's an inducement to sign up for clear. TSA might not be be involved with this, but clear very very clearly no pun intended has an incentive to make sure that TSA doesn't do anything to improve the process for everybody else. And by the way, that's an argument just like we were talking with TurboTax and with with tax returns, you could reasonably argue like biometric scans are better and faster. Well, then why doesn't TSA use it for everybody? Right. There's less incentive to improve the process if there are all these sort of add-ons and workarounds that are now a profit center for the airport too. That's it. That's entirely right. And I think it's important to recognize who gets screwed by this status quo now, this new status quo with clear. The people who get screwed are those who don't fly that much mm-hmm. who, because it so just doesn't make sense to sign up for clear. Those who can't afford clear, that's a lot of people. So those who have lower incomes and maybe those who are wary, understandably, about handing over their biometric information to a publicly traded company. Right. Those are the ones who are disadvantaged by the status quo. I don't think that's right. We reached out to Clear for a response, but we did not hear back by recording time. Are lawmakers, policymakers upset, as upset about this as you are? Is there anything being done about it? Well, definitely people got very upset about the security breaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some, uh, some interventions and hard questions asked by members of Congress this year in 2023. And it's interesting. I spoke with one member of Congress for this most recent Slate article, uh, a North Carolina Democrat named Wiley Nickel, 
who was pretty candid with me about saying, like, I just don't think these things, this company clear belongs in our airports, period, because it's widening inequality in our country and it's creating even elevated tensions in an already tense place, like the airport security yes. line, especially during the holidays. Yeah, you don't want to make people mad. They're already mad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he he wouldn't. I asked him, like, are we about to have legislation or whatever? He wouldn't commit, but he made he was willing to admit to uh, admit that he was thinking about it and he's having conversations about it. So it's something I'll be watching and perhaps others want to as well. Also, I mean, if everyone joins clear, then you have a problem. How do you it's like a meta. It's breaking my brain because if everyone can cut the line, then there is no line. And then. We're all on the line again. <laughs> well, then we'll have like, I don't know, like clear plus plus where there'll be some sort of like super jump process. I don't even know. But you're right. Like this just feels, you're right. You game this out. That doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> but but it's just, I take a step back and this is why I've written two articles about it now in the last year or so. And just like, why did we ever open up this Pandora's box? What are we getting out of this societally? It's just a freaking mess that we brought on ourselves. This is this is flying in the United States, and it's already um, a very unequal class-based process. I mean, just looking on that plane, you got the people at the back with their knees in their mouths, and the people at their front in the front with their champagne. And I don't even know—I've never been up there, so I don't know even what happens. But I mean, isn't this to be expected in the airline industry that we have this kind of like basically class-based security process? Well, I think it's important to separate what Delta or United does mm -hmm. um, as private companies from what um, society does with a public service that everybody has to go through in an egalitarian way, the security process. Right. Uh, that, I think, is the big difference here. And it's why I think um, you can be uh, totally fine with there being first-class seats and basic economy seats, but still question why we've allowed a private company to gatekeep access to security that all of us need to access in an equal way. It's not like when you're first class, you have a different, so you're paying for a different security experience with that ticket. We're all getting secure. We're all entitled to security and safe travel when we're flying, no matter what ticket we buy. Is it worth thinking or paying attention to this issue if you're someone who doesn't even fly at all? I think that's a great question. You know, it's funny. I, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not. I, I write a lot, but I don't write about aviation. This, this actually, the two stories I've written about aviation are about clear. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it not because I think this is like the biggest issue facing aviation, but because I think that this is actually emblematic of a blind spot that the United States has with how we've structured our economy and our society. Mm -hmm. We, unlike a lot of other countries, allow the profit motive to creep in to aspects of our lives where it just doesn't belong. I gave uh, tax returns as one example. We're talking about airport security. Uh, another one I could uh, mention is bail bonds. Mm. There are all these companies that make so much money off of bail bonds that have been shown to actually uh, be incredibly onerous for those who have lower incomes and not do anything to lead to better criminal justice outcomes. In fact, they may worsen them. Uh, but by creating like this industry of... of uh, pretty not great uh, companies that make a lot of money off of high interest with bail bonds. We basically have, again, allowed the profit motive to create this lobbying force that opposes improving our criminal justice system. So 
to answer your question of if you don't fly, should you give a damn mm-hmm. about clear? I think you should, because I think that all of us would be better citizens if we ask the question of where, where does and where does not the invisible hand of the market belong. And I would argue that there are some places where in the United States we have a default setting of allowing it in where we really shouldn't. Yeah. It reminds me too of, of like, um, I only know about this from movies, not real life, but where the mafia requires you to pay protection if you have a small business. It's kind of like, you don't, you paid your taxes, you should be getting the protection from the police, but they've somehow inserted themselves into the process. It reminds me of that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something there too. And if you can't pay for that protection, you're screwed. Yeah. It's, it's something that I think also undermines the sort of like, it quietly undermines the trust a lot of us have in government in ways that we may not even realize because we think the government should be fair. We think public services should be fair. And when we see us being obligated to do something, whether it's paying a bail bond or go through airport security and some people with more money, are are able to access it more easily or and there's there's people who are running a company that's profiting off of off of uh, our own experience that we don't really have a say in um, I think it just it just un- quietly undermines the confidence that we have in a just society I think that's bad thanks David now my pleasure thanks for having me David Zipper is a visiting fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School's Taubman Center for State and Local Government, where he examines the interplay between transportation policy, technology, and society. And that's it for our show today. What Next TBD is produced by Evan Campbell and Anna Phillips. Our show is edited by Mia Armstrong-Lopez. Alicia Montgomery is vice president of Audio for Slate. TBD is part of the larger What Next family. TBD is also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. If you're a fan of the show, I have a request for you. Become a Slate Plus member. Just head on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. And we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. I'm Emily Peck, filling in for Lizzie O'Leary. And you can catch me every Saturday on Slate Money. Thanks for listening. <laughs>